You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hi friends, I hope you're having a great day. Man, things are kind of crazy around here. If you aren't following me on Instagram, then you probably have no idea that we have actually moved to Mississippi. We're living on an Air Force base (laughs) and life looks really different. We just unpacked our last box. There's planes flying over me at this actual very moment and just things are different. Thomas is starting pilot training And to do that, we needed to move from Birmingham to Columbus, Mississippi. And during this whole move process and this whole life change, I've really been asking myself this one question. Like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? I'm having a small identity crisis. Like, what am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to help and aid? And today's episode answers that question so beautifully. We're talking all about womanhood. Who are we supposed to be? Why are we supposed to be that way? And how has God created us and our inner DNA as women to operate and to love people? If you know something about womanhood, you may be familiar with Proverbs 31. It's a chapter in the book of Proverbs that kind of unwraps everything a woman should be biblically. But if I can be completely transparent with you, there's a lot of ways I think that might be misinterpreted these days and misunderstood. So today we're diving into that. We're busting some myths and I couldn't do it without my friend Lauren Cruz. This conversation with Lauren has truly blown my mind because it intertwines the behind the scenes stories of some very unlikely Proverbs women. And as they share their strength through Christ, we can see how today's women truly relate to the passage and who we're called to be. So if that's something that you're needing, or you just want to have your mind blown, then this episode is totally for you. What we're talking about today is one that I think is utmost importance to the identity of a woman in today's world, but then also the way that you approach it is so inspiring to, I think, how we should approach a lot of things in our like biblical time in life. And so... I, before we jump all in, because I'm so excited I could just go there, I do want you to introduce yourself to people. Tell us who you are, what you've got going on, all the things. Oh, my name is Lauren Cruz. <laughs> um, I live in I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I'm an empty nester, a recent empty nester, um, but I still have a college kid, so I try to stay a little relevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I teach high school seniors, and I'm an adjunct professor, and I do this writing gig on the side that has turned into a recent book and uh, I get to get to speak and teach about it, which is one of my just utmost passions in life is sharing the Bible. I love it. Yeah. That's something too, that I think is such a gift because I've seen as a pattern that I think the Bible can be so intimidating to a lot of women who have a reverence for it or they're like, okay, I want to know what this is, what this means, but I don't know how to start. I don't know how to dive in. I don't know how to pick this apart. What about the Hebrew or Greek original meanings? Like there's just a lot to it that I think people can more so tend to shy away from than be encouraged and like excited about. I agree. Yeah. And I really, like, I actually like the old Testament and a lot of people just think it doesn't apply to them anymore. And I think it does. I think there's a lot of lessons in there for us to stick with. 
Yes. So I have been able to read through your book, Strength of a Woman, and it's all about why you are a Proverbs 31 woman. And I think this is a perfect conversation to have to kind of set the tone, to set the characteristics, to set the traits, I mean, just like our hearts straight and almost into a new alignment of who she is. Um, Because I think, and you would agree based on what I've read, that the church has uh, maybe like a different meaning of Proverbs 31 than it was originally supposed to be taken. Yeah. I like to say this ain't your mama's Proverbs 31 book. (laughs) Ain't your mama's Proverbs 31 book. That's right. And I'm like, I've grown up in like a I call it a Veggie Tales home where I was aware of Proverbs 31 woman. Um, I followed the ministry Proverbs 31. I mean, like Proverbs 31, I feel like is everywhere if you've grown up in this environment. And so now that I'm here and I've grown up in, into who I thought I was going to be, the, this certain Proverbs 31 woman, I'm realizing now it's not, uh, it, it must not be the same as how I always imagined it. So I kind of want you to talk about this idea and how you kind of, birth the book from your heart and where all these ideas came from? So I grew up in the church too, sort of. I mean, um, I had divorced parents and such, but you know, they, they raised me in church and um, I've always been involved with my kids and raising my kids in the church. And um, you know, heard, heard everything there was probably to, about this woman, but because of some of the issues in my background and some of the challenges I've faced, you know, I had a little bit of a hard time with her because she was, she was perfect. And not only that, you know, I had friends who were single, divorced, widowed, never married, you know, chose not to have children on purpose. And how Mm -hmm. do those ladies fit in with this whole Proverbs 31 section? Because it talks a lot about how, you know, she honors her husband and stays up late night knitting and gets up early to cook breakfast. And, you know, that that's not me. A lot of times it's not me. Yeah. So I had a hard time relating to her. But um, I did go to seminary, Um, you know, later in life, I was able to get a master's of divinity and I started to really get involved with the original languages of the Bible when, you know, I had to take Hebrew and I had to take Greek and um, it just set me off into just a complete geeked out session of studying the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I love researching and I love um, chasing down word studies and all of that. And and as a teacher, I like putting curriculum together and I like that aspect of writing. Never grew up thinking I'd be an author or a writer, but I, I had no problem writing, you know, academic books and curriculum. So I guess it ended up being a good fit because I was able to take my initial um, research and turn it into, um, you know, a book that kind of applies to a broader base of ladies today. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it really does. I mean, it spoke to me and I think um, maybe for someone listening who, I don't know, wasn't familiar or isn't familiar with the Proverbs 31 woman and how would you explain her or describe her knowing what you know now through all the study? Right. Well, Proverbs 31 um, in the Bible, it's actually advice from a mom to her son, and she's telling him, hey, you, you know, when you go look for a wife or when we, you know, in that culture, they matched wives. So when we when we go look for a wife for you, we're going to match you up. And in English, we've translated it to say who can find a virtuous woman or who can find an excellent woman. And I looked at it a little differently. I discovered that it's actually an acrostic poem of the Hebrew alphabet. And what that means is 
Um, every letter of every verse starts with the a next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And Hebrew is a very verbal memorization language. And so they use little tricks to help memorize things. And an acrostic poem is one of them. You know, we, we use them today. You know, frog, fully rely on God. You know, these are just little ways we can memorize. Right. And um, but also in Hebrew, the letters have imagery behind them. You know, our language started as cave drawings. So some of those cave drawings kind of stuck with some of these letters. And so when a reader back then would come across a verse and it, they would look at the beginning letter and they'd go, oh, Aleph, that's my first letter, letter A, who can find a virtuous woman? Well, in Hebrew, it doesn't say virtuous. It actually says strong. So who can find a woman of strength? And Aleph actually represents an ox. And so it may not be a compliment to call us strong as an ox, <laughs> but some of us are, um, whether it's physically, mentally, or spiritually. And, you know, if you think about the whole marriage aspect, you're actually yoking yourself together. And so oxen are yoked together to form a working team. And so who can find a strong woman who you're going to yoke yourself to and work as a team um, in your marriage and in building your family. So that's how it starts. I love it. I, I think it's like, Amazing. And the ways that you've studied through this and kind of dove into like, okay, this is what I've heard. And this is what truth says is something that I think I'm inspired to continue doing in my time in the word and realizing like, okay, there has been a westernized view of a lot of scriptures, especially Old Testament. And if we go back to the original meaning, it almost gives us so much more context that for me in return gives it so much more like weight and meaning and value because I can fully wrap my head. It's not, it's no longer just like head knowledge. It's like heart knowledge because I can make, you know, references. I can draw lines to certain things that it also means. And so I think that one, if anyone can hear anything from what you just said, I hope they hear that it's so neat when you do go the extra mile and you look into what things mean because it's like a treasure hunt. Did you feel like oh, that? And I love the way you said that. It is a treasure hunt. It really is. It's not that it's wrong because so many people will say, oh, well, the Bible's been interpreted incorrectly. It's not. That's not the case. Whenever we come up with right. new versions of the Bible that are written every year, you know, they're, they're really trying to appeal to the culture of that society. And so when when King James wrote this Bible, you know, he couldn't say strong women because, you know, Lord forbid you had strong women running around back in the dark ages, you know. <laughs> Because yeah. women had a very different place in life. You know, you could have excellent women. You could have women of valor. You could have, you know, women of, you know, beauty and that kind. But, you know, we couldn't have strong women. So it's not that it was wrong. The, the Bible uses that same exact word strength in other areas. But what's interesting, it's usually a reference to um, an army or a soldier or the military. And actually, Proverbs 31 has a ton of military references that, you know, when we read it and kind of put our English glasses on, we miss a lot of it. And, you know, Hebrew is a very figurative language. We look at things really black and white and it's got to say this or it's got to say that. But Hebrew's got just all these great layers that just make it rich. And it is a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, okay, you've mentioned a few of them and I love this opportunity to geek out with you. <laughs> Because it's fascinating and all the things that we've been talking about. So what are some of the other attributes that I think that you think have maybe been 
not overlooked. I hate saying that, but maybe misinterpreted. Or if we take it back to the original meaning, we might not have ever known that would maybe catch us off guard or surprise us. Yeah. So um, it definitely has military references. I mean, her strength is referenced more than seven times. And in Hebrew, there's a whole bunch of words that mean strength. And so it's not the same word strong. It's, you know, she's strong militarily. She's strong um, as your helper, because that word helper has got some issues too. Um, she, you know, we've got different forms of strength and types of strength. And um, there's also something that we miss in the Jewish culture. This song is actually sung over ladies on Friday night when they open up their, it's called Shabbat, when they, um, when the sun goes down on Friday night is when they start their holy day. You know, their holy day is Saturday, ours is Sunday. Well, it starts at sundown and actually starts with, you know, the men of the home saying this over their women. I don't know if you saw that um, YouTube special, The Chosen, but there was a one of the shows they actually um, it was when Mary Magdalene had everybody over and they were going to do, you know, the Shabbat service and, and they would flash to these different households. And all the men were saying the Proverbs 31 passage over these women and. It's just, you know, we, we miss that flavor that it's not a standard, but oh my goodness, it's a blessing. But, but some of the military um, clues are, you know, it talks about her being like a spoil of war, you know, a spoil of war is like the added benefit and bonus of your victory. Um, There's a letter that references her as being a watchman on the wall and how she watches over her family. There's references, um, one of the letters is a sword. It means a sword. And so how do we as ladies handle the sword of the spirit when we're, you know, doing battle with our family or for our families, you know, when we're praying for our family, Um, there's, there's, you know, she, she perceives things and she does reconnaissance work. And, you know, we miss all of that. um, When we just read it in English, we miss some of, um, the actions of a wife, you know, we put that over us and we think, well, I'm not her. I'm not that. That's not me, but I'm willing to bet there's women today that are doing these different um, activities of the Proverbs 31 and they don't even realize it. I'm so glad you said it. It's funny. (laughs) You would say, you know, we have this whole idea and the imagery in our mind of who she is. I'm like, yes, because I imagine my Proverbs 31 woman sitting on a front porch in a rocking chair, like as a pioneer woman with like a bonnet on her head. Like literally, I'm not even kidding. That's who I imagine. And I'm like, that is so, I think far in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is far fetched. I can't be that. That's not, that's not who I am. And so me and my natural flesh, I'm like, well, then I'll just tap out and not even. Exactly. You know, I wouldn't even attempt. I was asking ladies, like, what do you think of the Proverbs 31 woman? And so many, I mean, we probably lost half your listeners when they heard Proverbs 31. (laughs) But so many said, you know, oh, she's great. She's my mom or my grandma. Oh, my, you know, my aunt was like her, but I could never be. But but what I did was it, um, for every letter and every verse, I included the stories of some really unlikely Proverbs 31 women. I mean, these ladies have gone through the battles in life and come out on the other side just being incredible examples of um, God's redemption and how, in fact, they truly are, you know, sung over by um, the victories yeah. that they've overcome and that, you know, that some of these ladies went through some incredible challenges. Um, but when they came to the other side, they truly came out as strong women of God and they should be honored. They should be sung over and celebrated. 
Yeah. Would you maybe share a few of those with me and with us? Because I think we have a lot of unlikely Proverbs 31 women listening. Yeah. And it for me, like what we love around here is the moment that it becomes personal and the moment we can be like, ah, oh, yeah, me too. And I think putting it in these kind of terms where we put it as like a sister. I mean, yeah. someone that we know or ourselves can be an unlikely Proverbs 31 woman. We can almost uh, like take this more to heart. So I would love if you could just share – maybe one or a few of these unlikely women that are Proverbs 31 material. Yeah. So I have stories. So there's 22 letters. So I included 20 stories and um, some of these ladies faced um, adultery by their husbands. And, you know, a lot of us do face that unfortunately Mm -hmm. in our long, if you, if you have a long marriage um, or short marriage, heck, quite frankly. Um, But the, the, Catch with some of these ladies is, you know, they didn't just leave. They stuck it out and they invested and buckled down and survived it. And one one story, actually, 30 years later, she gets a Facebook message from a, a girl saying, hey, I know you don't know me, but I need your medical information. I'm, you know, you're my dad kind of. And he never knew he had a daughter. Wow. Yeah. And so dealing with that, I had a couple of ladies lost their husbands really young um, one lost her husband on their first wedding anniversary. And, you know, how can I be a, a Proverbs 31 woman? I'm not even married. You know, I'm a widow or I'm still single. And she really purposed to make Christ her bridegroom and to learn painfully how to love God more than the desire of even having her husband back. And, and she just walks us through that incredible struggle. You know, and another, another mama um, had a prodigal son who went through an incredible hard time of drugs. She, she spent every day just waiting for the phone call to hear that her son had died of a drug overdose. And, you know, how, how do you get through that? And, and, and to think, you know, moms, sometimes when we start having kids, we, we give up, we walk away and sacrifice our careers and a lot of our hopes and dreams because we're investing in those kiddos. And, you know, how do you, how do you watch your kid make horrible choices and then not think that you have been such a failure in your life, you know, and not take the blame yourself. And so um, a lot of hard stories, and I'm telling you, I couldn't even touch the surface of what some of the ladies face. Um, You know, I, I shared, I did Olive. That was my story because when my husband and I got married, it's hard figuring out, you know, what's our place in our marriage and that whole, he's supposed to be my leader, but I'm an independent woman. And, you know, when we yoked ourselves together, our plowing was very much zigzagged. And how did we learn, you know, how to really work together and um, overcome some of just the baggage that we bring to our marriages sometimes and uh, make it work. And so, I'm an old girl here. I've been married 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a baby. I've been married four. <laughs> yeah. But we're, we're not zigging and zagging anymore. You know, we have figured out how to make that yoke work together and, and to minister to a lot of different people. So, you know, these, some of these stories were hard to listen to and they shared them with me. And, but I'm telling you, these women are such brave, strong you know, they doubted themselves. They were full of shame and they thought they were disqualified. But if you can just hang in there with God and walk through these hard seasons with him, he definitely sings this heroic hymn over you. Yes. It's so beautiful. I mean, what I'm hearing you saying 
is exactly what you just kind of wrapped up, but like you're not disqualified from being who this woman is because of your circumstances and because of what your life has shaked mm-hmm. out to look like. And I think that in those moments that we disqualify ourselves from being who God has called us to be ultimately or being and carrying characteristics of him that he's gifted us with, we miss out on a lot of really cool opportunities to show up in ways that he really wants us to show up for ourselves and for other people. And so I would almost want to hear your encouragement to the woman who is sitting there nodding her head like, yes, I have disqualified myself from being this because of X, Y, Z or ABC that happened to me last week, last year, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you encourage them? You know what? I think we all have stuff that we, you know, carry around with us from life. And we look at it and we always see it scars and we see, you know, imperfections and, you know, things that just absolutely make us unlovely when we look at them. But God looks at us and I know this is cliche. He looks at the heart, but honestly, all of those experiences, good, bad, ugly, all of that makes us who we are. And you, you never know, he might be looking for a person just like you who has dealt with all of that mess because there is somebody you're going to encounter that absolutely needs to know that she is not alone and, and she is understood and she is still lovable and you might be just the person with all those scars and perceived flaws, which is craziness. Uh, but he looks at that and he's like, yep, that's perfect. You are the perfect person yeah. to be used for this situation. Yeah, the perfect candidate. You, yes, you have yep. all the qualifications, even though you feel disqualified. I've also heard this before. I thought it was so cool that um, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the cold. And so sometimes what we've been equipped with and the tools we've been given are these experiences that have sharpened us, that have created us into, I love what you said earlier, like like militia, literal tools and weapons that can be used in battle for ourselves or for other people when we intercede. And so in those moments that I feel disqualified, I can remind myself that like, no, it's actually not a disqualification it's a qualification because I've now been given almost like a new rank, you know, of like, if we're going to speak military, my husband's in the military. So I feel like I have a glimpse. I'm like, yes, we have a new rank. We just got promoted. I would never have wanted to go through that to get, you know, what I have now, but similar to my husband, like he's having to go through trainings that are absolutely no fun. And, but we signed up for them because we want the greater good. We want the destination. We we know this is what God's called us to. And so we will continue to say yes until he's not called us there anymore. And but it doesn't mean that I enjoy trainings. <laughs> it doesn't mean I, you know, enjoy what makes him who he's needing to be for our military. And so I love that it has the military aspect. Show me in the Bible where God uses the unexperienced, untrained, perfect candidate. I mean, that's never the case. He always picks no. The, the, you know, who we would think is the most unlikely. And, you know, we, when you work out, you have really sore muscles the next day, but it just means you're using them as they should be. And you just, you need to work a little more and a little longer and harder. And um, I think, I love how you said, you know, we we're given a different rank and, and we are, you know, we, if we're going to be on the front lines for our families and our circle of influence, you know, we can't be weak. We we have to be Mm-mm. women of strength and endurance. 
And God is going to use that. He he can't wait to use it. He's looking forward to using it. But it's hard sometimes. Right. Yeah. 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 And when we're called, I mean, like, this is just putting me in a really cool, like, spiral. But, like, when we're called to be Christ-like, it's so neat that Christ showed up in those ways, too. Unequipped, not of status, born in a manger. Like, even the Messiah rode on a donkey on Palm Sunday. Like, he took the lower, like he took the least to prove to people like it might look different, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. And so when we find ourselves in those situations where we're like feeling overcome or disqualified or like, I will never be that, that woman that I feel like that this Christian world has created the standard to be, we can remind ourselves like, no, different, not wrong. Yeah. Different. I like that. I actually have a, there's a story in one of the chapters that talks about how I compare women to bananas. Yes. And you know, we, we look for the word perfect. We see perfect and we, you know, perfect has such a huge connotation for us. But I say in the book, you know, a banana reaches a certain point and it's perfect. It's grown. It's perfect. Now it continues to ripen. Yeah. It continues <laughs> to ripen and it's got different uses and it's different stages of ripening. You know, and and some of us want to toss those old yucky brown bananas away, but they make the best banana bread. So don't throw those away. The best. Yes. But it's perfect. It just all perfect means biblically is complete. It doesn't mean flawless. It just means complete. And if we're going to be completely used and completed by God, we got to go through all those different ripening stages. So we're still useful. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I love that because I love banana bread. So I was like giggling. Yes, this was for me. This was for me. I love it. Well, I also, I just feel like there is someone listening to that, like we said earlier, has maybe written off the Proverbs 31 woman is now kind of starting to lean in and is like, interesting. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I would want you to maybe if like if we were to point her in the direction of your book, which I think is lovely, it's not super academic because like you're saying, it has all these other stories that we can like easily apply to our own lives. But like, what would you want for her to get out of it after reading this book? You know, it's funny because I was thinking of that today. I get that um, question a lot. And I, I want them to know. So this passage, Proverbs 31, is called a heroic hymn. And it's sung over, a heroic hymn in the Bible is usually sung over people that are returning from war. It means, um, you know, King David came back and after killing 10,000, the ladies were singing, yay, David, he killed all these, but Solomon killed a few, you know. But I, I want I want ladies to know that God is singing over you because you have been victorious. Now that victory may seem in far in the distance. It may seem like a hard fight, but God already sees that victory and he's already written this song for you. He's already singing it over you. You might be in the thick of it right now. So good. But he's already singing it over you. And it's, you know, this is a way to really celebrate your strength. And sometimes our strength means that we've been stripped down and we bow down but that there's never a stronger position than to be, you know, bowed at the foot of Christ. But, but he's singing for the underdog. You know, we, we look and we, we've been disqualified, but he is singing for your victory before it's even happened. One of my favorite songs, Elevation Worship, is, um, oh man, of course I can't think of it now that I need to think of it. Oh, it's, uh, 
Uh, wait, I'm going to have to do this or else it's going to bug me for the rest of our conversation. <laughs> Let me see. It is, oh, see a victory. Duh. <laughs> I'm going to see a victory because the battle's already won. Yeah. And if we serve a God who's gone before us and like written time in itself and is outside of it, then it's like, okay, well, then if I'm a child of God, then I'm also a child of the victor, which means I am myself and victorious, which I love. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious now too, cause I would consider you an expert on Proverbs 31. <laughs> What's your favorite Proverbs 31 verse? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. You're putting me on the spot. Okay. I, I, know. I do have a favorite letter. Okay. Um, okay. Perfect. Okay. So the verse that goes with, um, she is like a merchant's ship. She brings her bread from afar. That's Proverbs 31, 14. It starts with the letter hay and hay usually represents, um, like the Holy spirit or the wind. Um, it has an image of behold, you know, like a window, but when you look out a window, right. like I'm looking out the window right now and I see the trees moving because the wind's blowing. And so that's, Hey, that's the breath and the spirit of God. So if you think about it, she brings bread from afar and she's like a merchant ship. Well, those ships were propelled by the wind. And so what's propelling us, you know, what is moving us forward in our life? Are we being by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, moving us forward, or are do you know are we hanging on to those anchors that are just dragging us through the ports and you know mm-hmm. out on these great rich foods and treasures that we could be offering um, you know to our families? Um, so I really like that one because it's a good reminder, you know, like all right, what's moving me forward? What's moving me forward? You know, is it? Is it a self-motivation or is it a motivation of God? Yeah. And you ask really great questions too, like after each chapter to kind of be able to process yep. and digest all the things that we read and apply it to our lives. And I think that was one of the things that I loved the most is where um, we really were able to, as readers, process through like, okay, now that I know that one aspect, that one part of the Hebrew really cool acronym. Like what is it that maybe I'm putting first in this, in this area before the Lord or what am I relying on instead of him? And so it's, it, I would just encourage people that are afraid of diving in that this book is a really cool place to start when wanting to get a bigger picture of things, because not only is it super educational and just fun to read. And I feel like I just was nerding out with everybody else, (laughs) but it, but there's discussion questions where it allows you to apply it to your own life. And I think it would be even really cool to go through. I mean, with your Bible study, it just tackles so many cool identity issues, which I think is where a lot of the root of things are happening these days is from the place of like, Oh my gosh, who am I? (laughs) And this book answers. It's like, well, this is who, you know, like, this is a really cool trait of a woman and you possess it, whether you maybe know it or not. So let's figure out how to go about this and glorify the Lord in the right way. So yeah, I started out, it is so I started writing it as a Bible study and I had, I mean, every Tuesday night I had my little group over at my house and they helped me write those questions. They helped me reword things. You know, I, I sometimes couldn't think of a question because I didn't have that experience, but they would, you know, help me tweak it. And and actually, you know, I, I don't know if you mentioned there's two books because there is a, a regular book that has 
little more, yes. little more of the details. And I always call that the meat, you know, and, and, and not that it's too academic because that's where the stories are. Those where the women's stories are. But the devotional is just a snippet. I mean, I try to keep that under 500 words, you know, little so that you could look just a little bit each day. And if you are curious, you know, like you, cause I always open up with a little bit of a story that relates to the main story. And so I'm like, Oh, if you want to find out what happened to her, go read the book, <laughs> go find out. Right. So, yes. Both of them have, both have the questions, you know, both can be used as a group study or a, you know, a book club or something. Yeah. A hundred percent. I just overall, like, I just would encourage people to go read it because it busts a lot of myths that we maybe have once believed about this Proverbs 31 woman. Hopefully you don't cringe as much after hearing it once you've read the book because you have a better, full, more holistic understanding of who she is. But if someone wanted to get their hands on the book, Lauren, where can they find it? It is on Amazon. And so nothing like launching a book in the middle of a pandemic, but Amazon I know, right? is... <laughs> <laughs> who says books are not essential? What crazy person? <laughs> Um, but Amazon is catching up. They are shipping. Also, I have www.laurencruz.com and it's C-R-E-W-S. Um, and I'm actually shipping quicker than Amazon is right now. But either one, <laughs> uh, either one um, it's out there. It, it can be purchased at all where all major um, stores sell books. So it's out there. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, I will link all this in the show notes. So People can run over there and grab it from our links that we're able to share. One of my other favorite questions to ask, just because I'm curious, um, and we're all girls around here, and I'm sure we can find a lot of cool things from asking this question. What is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with people that they might not know about quite yet? Okay, so this whole quarantine business has not been a horrible thing. <laughs> um, I, I miss my students and all of that. However... You know, I, once upon a time, stores were not open on Sundays and you had to stay home and have dinner with your family and you played board games and you, you know, and so now as the world is starting to open up again and we're, you know, we're trying to figure out what this new normal is, you know, what do you want to take with you from this time at home? You know, it's a slower pace. It's had some sweet times with family, you know, so many walks, so many games, so many puzzles, so many conversations, you know, why, why do we have to jump back in and get crazy again? Can't we take some of this slower pace in there with us, you know, back to normal and, um, you know, kind of value some of this time that it's been given us. It's a gift. Um, in a couple of months, we'll probably all forget it, but I hope that we don't, I hope that, uh, those Sunday night dinners become a thing again. Amen. Me too. I'm like, I I saw something somewhere that said, you know, this has taught us anything. It's that um, we need to, what did they say? Almost like evaluate what are the things that we're looking forward to getting back to and keep those. And what are the things that we're not looking forward to getting back to and reevaluate those areas of our life as well. And I'm like, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. This has been a total purge. I'm like, <laughs> it's a, it's a detox everybody needed, but never signed up for it. I agree. I like that. Yeah. That's a good way to say that. <laughs> well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today. And like I said, I'll make sure strength of a woman devotional and the strength of a woman book are both in today's show notes. So people can grab them, start reading them, have a bigger, better understanding of Proverbs 31 woman and start becoming fluent in Hebrew basically because it goes there. <laughs> 
This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.